Uh, so, Jerry, tell me your name and what you do. Well, my name is Jeremy Mulville and um, I'm a greenkeeper. <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, from Ballybunion in, in Ireland. What's that like? Uh, it's nice. It's a beautiful seaside golf course, Lynx golf course. So, very special, Lynx golf. How would you describe Ballybunion? Uh, well, I grew up there, so um, I don't know, just a, a great place to, to live. Kind of quiet in the winter, but uh, well, maybe population 1,200 people. But in, in the summer, then it can be 12,000 people. And just really busy with golfers. So. so, where did you first learn about golf? Uh, well, I was caddying for my dad, I suppose, from the age of seven. and. Um, you know, with belly bunion, all the Americans just caddying in the summer, making loads of money outside. Um, so that's how it started. Um, started working on the golf course then with the head greenkeeper in the summer. And um, yeah, I just loved it. What, what did you learn about golf that made you want to um, do it? Mm, I suppose just being outdoors and I don't know, I just love links. Um, I don't know. It's just the feeling, you know, it's, it feels good. So, what is Ireland like? Jeez, um, it kind of got me now. Um, small little islands. 33% of all the links courses in the world, in Ireland. Um, I don't know what else to say about. Well, we're not in Ireland. No. Where are we? We're in the Arctic Circle in, in Norway. Yeah. Feels like Ireland, though. It's, um, you know, you've got bog, you've got beach, beautiful golf course. Feels like home. Well, it is your home. Yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. What does that mean? Home. Uh, I suppose um, to me, like I'm, I'm, I love the job, and um, if I'm in a place that I, I like working, that's a big part of, of my life. So, for now, this is home. Yeah, it's good. You, uh, you have a connection to this place that probably goes beyond most connections that supers have with their place. Can you talk about that? Uh, well, I don't know, but I have more of a connection than, than other supers. Um, I just got lucky. I got approached in 2013 um, in a project that once in a lifetime, you know, come to the Arctic, most northern links course in the world, construction job, pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, it was a huge opportunity. And probably the best thing I've ever done. Challenging? Very. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're in the Arctic, like we get great summers. Um, I suppose challenging in other ways. And, you know, it's been tight budgets and, you know, seasons are very different. You're kind of on site for eight months and you're disappearing for four. So you're, you're missing those months that usually you're prepping machinery and doing renovations in the winter. So that way it's been tough, but huge learning curve. Um, 
you know, and the people, people you work with, work with amazing people there. So, people that know golf and have worked in golf for years and lots of new people, you know, that's never been on a golf course before and have a totally different mindset, you know, so it's cool. Tell me about Frode. Frode, well, yeah, well, he's my boss. Um, tough guy to work for, um, but amazing vision, you know, to, to build a golf course up here, to see it. And he's, you know, the plans for the place. Um, you know, and everybody that's come up from the RNA to everyone, they're, they're just amazed, you know, nobody expects a golf course in the Arctic, in the Arctic, and to be at this kind of level. It's uh, took a lot of cojones. At what point did you know what you wanted to do in life? Um, I remember leaving school. I, I went to study um, electronics and telecommunications. I remember after about two months sitting in the lecture and just dreaming, like, what, what's this going to give me? Uh, and all I can imagine, I, I'll never forget it, I just wanted to be out swinging off a telegraph pole or something. I didn't want to be indoors. Um, so I love being outside. Even when I went to college in England after working five or six years on a golf course, um, I went to Montlaet on purpose, because I, I, I was qualified. But um, they said it to me, listen, you ain't gonna last a year, and this is three years. I was just bouncing off the seat. So I have to be outside. I love being outside. Why? Uh, I don't know, I just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a nervous thing. Or, but I just like being out and moving and, like even in the rain, I'm, you know, I, I won't work in the shade. I'm, I like to be outside. So, yeah, it's a great job, like it's, you know. What do you get from being outside that you don't get when you're inside? Well, I don't know, I suppose just connection with, with the outdoors and, you know, you, you're working on something beautiful and you're enhancing it all the time. So it's, I don't know, it's just a lovely way to, to live. It's not, working on links to me, it's, it's not like a job. It's, geez, it's like a hobby. Working here every day is, you know, even in the winter, it's, it's cool. Obviously in the snow, it's not too cold. But, um, yeah, I don't know, just love the job. All right, guys, got a read for you from Devereaux. As you know, I travel quite a lot, and I mean a lot. That's italicized, so I really am supposed to emphasize that second one. A lot. I need easy care and comfortable apparel to get me through my long trips. I just started wearing this brand that started in Arizona by two brothers called Devereaux, D-E-V-E-R-E-U-X. I actually didn't know it started in Arizona, which is pretty cool. I'm excited to meet these guys because I do... Really dig their clothes. I like wearing them. The fabric, the design, the fit, it's all there. Anyway, these dudes are making apparel for a lifestyle exactly like mine, like yours truly, like your guy Eric. Golf, travel, and kicking back. They design all their products with some type of performance feature. I don't know what it is. I'm going to dig into it at some point. But it adds stretch to each piece, and it keeps me comfortable, whether it's on the flight or on the course or at dinner afterwards. I feel kind of like a G rolling in with this Devereaux gear. Anyway, check them out, the Devereaux Brothers and their apparel at dvrxthreads.com and use my name, Eric, E-R-I-K, at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. Again, it's dvrxthreads.com. You can also find them on Insta. 
Use my name, Eric, E-R-I-K, at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Support the brands that support what we do. I think they're cool. You probably would, too. The pants are also rad. Quarter zips, you know, whatever. Just just have a nuts at it. 20% off your first order. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, you could save some cash if you spent some. All right, later. Folks, you've heard me talk about it, and I'm not talking about... Never mind. I'm talking about Precision Pro. You've heard me talk about them. I got a chance to meet these guys. I went out to Cincinnati. Spent the... I spent four years with them in one week. It was incredible. Anyway, uh, what's the main thing that golfers have in their bag that they're going to use most during a round? I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a putter. I'm not talking about your favorite iron. I'm not talking about your right arm to flag the beverage cart. I'm talking about your rangefinder. All golfers need a rangefinder that they can trust to know the precise distance in their target for nearly every shot whether you're on the tee box or in the fairway. That's true. I've Honestly, I've thought about using it for putting just so I can be super accurate because putting is obviously lagging a little bit. Getting a phone call, folks. Um, anyway, I carry the NX9 HD Rangefinder by Precision Pro Golf. It's easy to use, incredibly fast, and most importantly, it gives me the exact yardage to my target so I can choose the right club and swing with confidence. I actually love pulling it out. People are like, what is that? I'm like, it's Precision Pro. Get down with the green and blue, my guy. Green and gray, I mean. Um, Not to mention, Precision Pro offers free battery replacement services for the life of your rangefinder. We all know how annoying it is to run out of batteries, but you get an extra one when you get it, and then you get rangefinder batteries throughout the, like I said, life of your rangefinder. So you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. So really, it just depends on how long you live. And at that point, that's where the podcast sort of, that's where it just drops off, and it's up to you at that point. Live healthy, obviously. Play Don't play golf in lightning. Uh, don't, don't shoot adventures in golf. Cause that, that we've talked about that with my insurance company and it does decrease my lifespan, but you know, it increases the benefits and we all have fun. We've all signed up. Me and the crew have all signed. Uh, it's like an NDA for your life. Good news. The NX9 HD rangefinder is on sale for $40 off. Even better listeners of the podcast can receive an extra $10 off by using the coupon code Eric E R I K at checkout. Go to precisionprogolf.com and use the coupon code ERIC at checkout for $50 off the NX9 HD rangefinder today. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, got a very, very special read from you. One read that fits into three stripes because you know how much I love the three stripes and I'm very excited to share something with you. Who knows what that'll be? Some secrets, maybe? Some secrets in the dirt? No. Adidas took their knit game to a whole new level. And honestly, I've actually, I wore these just the other day, and I was pretty comfortable and pretty tethered to the ground. Anyway, um, have you seen the new Tor 360 XT Prime Knit that was just released? Um, It's the first waterproof knit that they've ever had. So what you get there is a lot of flexibility around your little old feet, or big old feet, depending on what size your foot is, obviously. Although your foot may be big in stature, but not so much in, you know, you can have a big foot, but still have a small size. You know what I mean? Anyway, they come with a one-year waterproof warranty and three fresh new colorways so you can stand out on the course. It's important to stand out. Sometimes if your golf game, no, anyway, uh, it's built on the XT Traction Sole, so you get amazing grip, but it's still lightweight and comfortable. That is true. Anyway, head over to adidas.com slash US slash golf to snag a pair. And follow Adidas Golf on Instagram and Twitter to stay updated on all of their newest releases. Until then, see you out there looking fresh.
Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. What is your absolute favorite part of this? Of the job. Of the job. Of this. Of the footing. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Everything? Can't choose. No, it's, um, you know, the construction was amazing. It was just really busy and, I don't know, just a huge learning curve and, I don't know, just every year seeing, seeing things progress and, hmm. The beginning was a different course. When we started, yeah, like we had a nine-hole, um, nine-hole course, which, you know, day one it was meant to be a company coming in. I was just meant to project manage it, and uh, that turned into an in-house job straight away. So it was myself, and we got a, a shaper, a Scottish guy, Jake McTavish, great guy, finisher Ian Ward from from London, uh, and just a small team and. Everybody just learning loads and working like dogs. And um, yeah, it was, it was class. You and Frode and everybody were given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? With, start with uh, the construction and I suppose a lot of it, like, you know, it's, um, it's designed by Jeremy Turner. We're, we're following his plans, but I suppose day to day things are changing and you're seeing opportunities and you know, stick a tea in here and a bunker in there. So it's it's kind of very organic. Um, you know, look, it was it was tight. It was a tight budget, and you know, we still got a lot of work to do. But you know, and we're still open to a bit of criticism about this and that. But it's different. It's something very different. And it's look, this place is going to be changing for the next how many hundreds of years? They're still working on St Andrews. They're still working on Belly Bunyan. It's constantly evolving. That's golf. I mean, are you even, is it even a golf course at the end of the day? Oh, it is, yeah. It's, um, there's 18 flags out there anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, look, I'll be honest, uh, my whole thing, this is a national park. It's Norway's national park. And uh, it's got to get shown off. You know, it's, uh, it's just amazing. Everything is golf, it's wildlife, it's flowers, it's, the ocean, it's the mountains, it's, it's just crazy. There's nothing like this in the world, I don't think. So you mentioned learning curve and you've mentioned the unique scenario. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to know, is, that, what, what, is there a thing that makes it special? Is there one thing? That makes Lofoten special? Um, Like in terms of design or playability or no, never mind. Let's we'll move on. Right. Um, so you you go to eighteen holes, and then what happens? Uh, well, I suppose the next stage was the growing, uh, which was tough because we're not in Spain, you know, and you can't grow it in and. 
12 months of heat, you know, you, you, you got to plan for that winter and the ice and the snow. So it was, you're trying to get everything done in a really confined window. And you can see it, we're, we're into July. Yesterday it's single temperatures and so growing it in was difficult and, you know, it was done over a number of years. Uh, but we actually opened almost a year after, which was crazy. Uh, but we've done it. <laughs> So, um, you know, and since then, since 2015, it's, you know, it's getting better and better every year. It's, it's maturing, you know. Um, what does a golf course need to be successful? I suppose you've just got to have this, I don't know, something peaceful and, I don't know, a kind of wow factor. Um, like too many golf courses, you know, and you, you read all the books and stuff and, I suppose golf um, from World War Two on got kind of manufactured and kind of resorty, and you know, and with a lot of stuff that's happening now over the last number of years, it's as Darius Oliver said, we're back in a golden era, um, like the foot and links, and you've got the cabots and the bandons and you know, um, bamboogle, you know, it's amazing stuff happening right now in golf. That's a cool time to be. Involved. And you're at the top of that list, or, or close. Well, we're, yeah, we're up in the Arctic looking down, you could say. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, look, it's it's an amazing opportunity. It's, you know, uh, best thing I've ever done. So you, uh, you were just talking to a gentleman here who, who, uh, Oh yeah, no, yeah, Nordstrom. He's um, from Top 100 in Norway. So, yeah, and comes up every two years to um, check us out. And how does um, how does that classification and 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 the progression there uh, feel for you? Uh, well, like you, you you know, I can remember the first time coming up here, and um, you just knew, Jesus, this is something. This is huge. Like it's like finding something and wow I could be part of this so and then you get people like Jan and golfers every day and you know it's um it's just realization that yeah we're all thinking on the same wavelength this is something special you know it's um they reckon golf was founded in in St Andrews it could have been founded here you know we've had people up from the RNA and they've said the same thing it's you know it's it's a special place. Your first ranking was? Uh, in 2016, we ranked number 51 in Norway. And a year later, we moved up to number 20. And then last year, we were number one. So that's why you end here now to, you know, see if we're still good enough. <laughs> what does that do for you? Uh, it doesn't, it's just, um, it's not really for me, it's, you know, I, I the golf course dessert, you know, I, the, what's been done here, it, it just, I don't know, it's, um, it's clarification for everything that we've been thinking, that everybody, what everybody's been thinking, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, we're not half mad, I suppose. <laughs> um. 
only golf course inside the Arctic Circle? Oh no, not the only. Jeez, no, there's about 17 golf courses up here. But we're the, we're the most northerly links in the world. Yeah, but there's golf courses nine, ten hours north of us in Alta and, yeah. The others are inland? They'd be, yeah, I suppose they're more parklands. This is classified as a links. We talked a lot about the challenges this morning. Can you go over some of them that are at the top of your list? In terms of weather and stuff, and yeah, it's, um, winters here can be brutal. Um, you know, we'll get some snow, but usually it'll, it can blow, blow away pretty quick. Uh, I suppose we're very lucky in that we're right on the Gulf Stream, but it can get to minus 12, minus 15, um, but wind would be, Wind desiccation would be a, a big problem here. Um, we had some severe storms now this last winter. Um, biggest problem I suppose we'd have is the six seaside holes. Um, this year now we had a metre of seaweed covering all those seaside holes, uh, gravel, rocks, sands, everything. So that's a big job to clear that off. So, But I suppose it's a trade-off. As you can see, you're, you're right at sea level, you know, um, so there's got to be some give and take. And you go away for the winter mm -hmm. and you come back. What's that like? The first couple of years was scary. Jeez, it was really, you know, because in Ireland everything stays green and, you know, you can be cutting right up to December. And, but you come back, you leave here and everything's kind of, you know, sucking sweet. You're happy going away and then you come back and it's just dormant. And the first couple of years when we were trying to grow it in, it was really scary. Like it was like you were starting all over again and you're scratching your head and you know, it was, wow, can we do this? Um, but the last couple of years, every year you can see it just maturing and maturing and you come back, it's dormant, but you've still got, it actually in April, it looks like a real lynx because it's so yellow and motley looking, you know, it's beautiful. Um, so it's, it's getting easier. And then you've got a frost issue. We do, yeah, it can, it can freeze, uh, I think up to two meters deep. Um, we've a lot of drainage out there and I've never seen 12 inch pipe right at sea, right at the ocean, um, freezing over, but even on the seashore, it, it can freeze. Um, but I think it's a good thing for us. It's, um, you know, it's like sticking something in the freezer. You take it back out and it's exactly the same. You know, so it's, it, it actually helps us an awful lot. Uh, we're trying to grow fescue grass here. And I think the frost can, can you know, within reason. Um, obviously, you've, you've got uh, ice burn in, in the spring. So we had a scary time last year in that it was the first time I came back. And um, we had, geez, like maybe a foot of ice encasements, and I was real worried about, you know, how am I going to come over this? And yeah, we, we took some of the ice from some of the greens, but within the space of a couple of days, everything's melting, and we were good, you know. Um, I don't, before talking to you this morning, I don't think I understood the idea of the depth of frost. Can you explain that to me? Like? Frozen ground. I don't really understand it. Right. Well, I suppose, you know, your temperature drops and, 
you know, stuff starts to freeze over. Um, there's still, there's actually not a lot of research done on it. It's something that the USGA I know are looking into and the RNA. Um, I know in Canada and places they can, once everything hardens off, when it goes, you know, and you're into deep frost, you probably can't actually do that much damage uh, at that stage. But where the damage is usually done is you, you just get that morning frost and the plant is full of ice. Uh, and then to walk on it, you're, you're, you're bruising it, you're cracking it. Um, so that's where most of the damage is. When it's hardened off, you, you know, you're probably not going to, to affect the turf that much. I know in Canada, they, they play golf on, on courses sometimes. But, you know, when it's, when it's deep frost. So. Um, how do you uh, feel about courses that are not as sustainable as, as, as what you've got going here? Mm. Well, I suppose everything's changing, you know, and, you know, it's not just golf, it's everything, you know, plastic and manufacturing, and, you know, it's... Um, Things are changing big time. Um, we've been lucky. Some of it's just, I suppose, happened by chance. You know, we work in very tight budgets. Uh, we work in the Arctic, so you know, some things just fell into place. Uh, working in Norway, you're very limited on pesticides, so we don't use wetting agents. We don't use insecticide. We don't use fungicide. Um, but like some of that, I'm lucky in that because of where I work. You know. Um, if you worked in a hot climate, it's a lot more intense. You know, if you're in Spain or Malaysia. Um, but yeah, I suppose golf's got to get clawed back, and you know, it's um, probably gone the other way a bit too much. You know, and in, even in terms of the club and the balls, you know, it's golf course they're going to eight thousand uh, yards. You know, it's you know, and where, where's it going to stop? You know, and then you look at the old beauties like St Andrews, like Ballybunion. You know, they're starting to turn into pitch and puts, you know, and that's not right. So the the uh, chemicals that you just mentioned—that's not the only part of Lofoten that is engaged in sustainability. What else? Oh, you kind of got me now. You give me a hint. Well, you talked about seaweed, the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like that's, you know, part of this place, it's, uh, it's just been amazing, like, um, it's the first big growing job that I've done, but like, we had everything on site, there was, there was no lorries coming in here with gravel or sand or, you know, okay, we had to buy a drainage pipe and we done some irrigation, um, but it, we have everything on site, even our own seaweed, uh, we just have a little area down hole one and we, we just sent it off for testing. But we know, you know, we've been using it for seven years. Um, you know, and it's, it's better than the stuff that comes out of the bag. Um, what do you use it for? Well, we use it for the growing, just to ameliorate the, you know, because some of the sand, um, when we were bringing in the sand, a lot of it's mixed. You can have iron in it. You can have a lot of organic matter. Uh, and then you have some stuff that's just like real beach sand. It's um, impossible. Uh, to it. Some of those fairways like took us years to grow in because we didn't have irrigation. Um, so we we were using seaweed and anything we could 
just to get the grass going, you know. That's... What is the nicest thing you've ever heard anyone say about this? Um, I suppose it was a Scottish lady I met that, you know, she just felt that uh, she had nothing to do with golf, but she'd done a lot of hiking and she just felt that the, the whole course just, you know, sat inside the environment and, you know, some people criticise that, that they, oh, it's not wide enough and there's no bailouts and then they start playing the course and this, well, yeah, it's like, you know, golf is meant to be like a game of chess, you're not just meant to hit it where you want, you know, you're going to get to plan out stuff and, and that's what this course, it doesn't take up a lot of a big area, you know, our, our whole mowing areas are 15 hectares. Um, I suppose it's just the setting and it's, um, yeah. What do you want someone to leave here learning? What do I want them to learn about it, is it? Oh, I don't know, I just, um, I just want them to enjoy it, I suppose, you know. Talk about how remote it is. Well, it is remote. Uh, it's funny, we had um, an English company up and um, to price for the, um, the irrigation. And they, um, oh, they're a big company, they do football fields and all this kind of, but um, they'd uh, done a design on their computer and I uh, came up and he just tore up the design straight away. And um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> tell, tell, tell us how remote we are. Tell, oh, how remote. Right, he'd, he'd done this, um, this plan and he actually told me a good story that when they're pricing a job, the first thing they cl click in is McDonald's. It was actually a really, and if a McDonald's is hundreds of kilometers away, then this is going to be a big project because you can't get a nut on the bolts. So was there a kind of way of upright because they're all over the world? Uh, so this is when we found out that the nearest McDonald's is like in Trondheim. You know, that's remote. You know, there's, there's two cities here and uh, <laughs> um, they're not really cities, they're small towns, you know, 4,000 people. If you want a good night out, you need to jump on a plane. <laughs> well, I no, you don't need, you can have a good night out here, but if you want to go to a city, you need to jump on a plane. Sorry. What was your uh, first winter here like? Um, I came up in April 2013. Um, oh no, it was good. Uh, we were still in construction. Actually, I remember because it was amazing going from the 24-hour sun and then you're going into October, November and we, we were all doing machine work trying to get stuff, the place ready for next year. So we were kind of opening drains and, and stuff like that. and It was just amazing because we, we were keeping the same working hours but you were going to work in the dark. You'd have the lights on the machine. The next thing it's 10 o'clock before you're turning the lights off. And the next thing it's 11 o'clock. And then it's getting darker at four and at three and at two. And so that was, it was strange, but it, we were busy. So it was, it was great. Going from construction to growing was, that was, uh, that was tough. Because all your gang are leaving and you're, you know, you're not building. You're trying to, to grow it. And uh, it was just, New crew, totally different circumstances, and so that was, yeah. What is it like to be out there working under the Northern Lights? Oh, it's cool. Um, straight up, I've never worked under the Northern Lights. Um, I've been out in them, but usually it's too dark, you know, to, 
to do any work. <laughs> how do you, uh, how would you describe golf to an alien? How would you describe golf to an alien? Well, I don't know, without cursing, <laughs> I don't know how to describe that one. Um, I suppose golf is a mind game, isn't it? It's a, uh, yeah, it's a mind game. It mess you up and, you know, you gotta be kind of in a nirvana to be enjoying it and to be, you know, the more you get into it, I suppose, the less it can wreck you, or the more it can wreck your head. Uh, Describe the experience of being out there in the, in the middle of the, Midnight Sun. Oh, it's amazing. It's, um, you know, and sometimes you'll, you kind of want to meet people on the back nine, just, um, you know, we all want to know how, what they're thinking and get feedback and criticism and, uh, but it's amazing being down in hole 13 and meeting people at one or two o'clock in the morning. They're, you know, everybody just, it's heaven. It's heaven. It is Nirvana. It's paradise. It's, you know, you'll see it. You'll see it tonight and you'll feel it. And it's just a feeling. That's what it is. Uh, well, I suppose I'm just, um, you know, I suppose I'm employed to do a job. Um, yeah, I suppose it's been personal. Uh, at the end of the day, I suppose I'm just a cog in the wheel. Uh, but it's been a pleasure. Mm. Yeah, very happy. <laughs> That's great. I think we got it. Let's get some wide shots and we're good. Just hang out here. Yeah.